Hi all and welcome to the Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Paula. I'm here with Kia Sandler and Marley. Um, and today we are going to be talking about police brutality. This would be part two of the previous podcast that we put out. So um, as everyone know or everyone um, should know, um, there was a guilty verdict given to Derek Chauvin, the killer of George Floyd. Um, and this is like really good in progress and making progress towards the movement and holding uh, cops accountable. Um, but I will say that there's still a lot for us to do and um, we can see that in evidence to some of the people's reactions. So um, I want to give the floor to the panelists and I really just wanted to get your ideas and, you know, hear your thoughts and opinions on um, this. I think- yeah. Uh- Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Marla. Okay. No, you said. <laughs> so I'll say, I'll say, Kia. Kia, okay, go ahead, Kia. No, honestly, I, I, this is part two, so I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. To be honest. Okay. Um. Okay. So first of all, I have a few thoughts and opinions on this because you know I'm opinionated. But the first thing is that I just hated how Nancy Pelosi was really like, um, like thanking George Floyd for being a sacrifice as if he planned to die that day. Or a black person needs to be, um, there needs to be worldwide uh, protests uh, to get um, justice for a black man. Being, like, that was just such a misplaced um, comment. And you can tell that Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or any of these Democrats really don't care. And it's time to get them out, to be quite honest. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it. I just feel like... I, my fear is that people are going to say that this, this is like, it's over. It's done. You know what I mean? Like I can check out, I can stop caring, particularly white America, because this is never going to be over for me. And we need to understand that this is great. Like this is such a great thing that happened, but there's just so many people who don't have their justice, um, more than people who have. George Floyd is an anomaly at this point. He's not like the... Um, the standard, which is disappointing and sad. And um, I don't know, like, I'm just really like, you know, really frustrated. I feel like we really need, we need legislation. We need, we need police reform. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, there are people who said that you can't, you know, and, and there are some people who said that you can't reform a system that's intentionally made to um, harm black and brown people, which I would agree, but it, it, it's more than just, you know, Derek Chauvin being given, you know, found guilty on all three of his charges. It's police reform. Like it's, it's more than, you know, like it's more than that. And we need to take steps towards that. And, um, it's not, it's definitely not over. It's very far from over. And we need to keep pushing because as I'm concerned, it's not done. It's a victory. We've won one of the battles, but it's not like all of them, if that makes sense. Uh, Marley, what are your thoughts? Uh, I definitely agree with what you said. I think the problem that lies here is that there are no preventative measures being taken. You know what I mean? It's just measures that address the problem at face value, but don't really get into the nitty gritty, you know? And so I feel like that's where we need to start. For example, like police reform, like address the problem. If we clearly have a problem with police killing unarmed black people as a whole, shouldn't you like address the people doing the like 
killings rather than the like you know what I'm saying? Like the system in place is clearly flawed in a sense that a they're getting away with this and they feel like they can do this and they should do this, and b it's just nothing in place to like reprimand them for doing this. Like this was just one trial out of many that need to a be put on and b need to like be addressed in general. Like there's so many cases like Breonna Taylor still has no justice. You know, there's many cases just like that. The other day there was another one like with that girl. So like like literally the day literally the day of Derek Chauvin getting a a, a guilty charge there was a young black girl who I believe was 15 years old. Yeah, that's and exactly she what I'm was shot about. and killed by the police, shot four times, and she was the one who called the police for help. So I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's such a greater system at large. And part of me, like, I always say, because I'm, I'm psychic. I always tell people I'm psychic. I told my mom, I was like, first of all, he's going to get a guilty charge. He is. Because they're going to, sh- they're going to basically, like, they need to make a, um, they need a, there's just no way that they were not going to give him a guilty charge. I mean, like, honestly, there was a, there was a moment there where I was like, um, I don't know. But the fact that there was, like, any like sense of doubt you know what i mean that the justice system wasn't going to give george floyd justice just shows my it just shows how far it just shows how little we've come and how far we need to go you know what i mean like it's just such it's so unfortunate that's a perfect way of saying that it's so unfortunate i'm tired honestly i just you know i sometimes i get frustrated because i think that there's no real way at, at least legally on how to hold cops accountable, if that makes sense. And that's why it's so hard to to charge cops is because legally, in terms of like defenses and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's so hard. And so that's why we need to put like laws in place that, um, that protect the citizens because at the end of the day, yes, you know, in a perfect system, police are supposed to help protect the citizens, you know, from, you know, crime and different things like that, but they're not, that's just not the case. And so unfortunately law and legislation, the way that it's going needs to protect the citizens from the police at this point. I always say that the police is honestly one of the largest gangs in America. And I stand by that to be quite honest. Um, I think that as well, um, you know, I've seen a lot like discord, like on Twitter and like TikTok and stuff like that. And I just feel like there's a lot of people who are fed up. And I think there are a lot of people who are just tired of like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain this to say this enough, but I'm really just tired. If that makes sense. Like every day going on a new side note. Honestly, you could talk about police form and police brutality without literally showing murders of black people being killed on the internet. I'm sorry, but I do not want to open my timeline and my Twitter and see a black man literally be shot and killed by the police. Like, literal violence. I'm sorry, that's that's a lot and it just doesn't help. I just, I don't think that it does, honestly. And yeah, like, it, it's just very triggering. So I would also say that to people is just, like, to stop doing that because it's not helpful as well. And especially when people don't put any links or give any background stories. Like, it's just, just literal, video. like, videos. Here's this, here's a video of a black man getting shot. And it's just, like, no trigger warning, nothing. Like, black violence and black trauma is just... Also, side note, let's talk about television for a minute as well. Um... 
I better not see a George Floyd musical. I better not see a George Floyd HBO show. I better not see a George Floyd. Um, I better not see a police brutality, the musical. I am so serious, bro. I am so serious because white producers will sit up here five to 10 years from now talking about some BLM, the story. I do not want to see that on television. I am so serious. Like, I'm not even joking remotely. I'm so serious. (laughs) If I ever see that, I'm going to be so mad and they're going to do a terrible job of it as well. But that's kind of our takes on it. So I'll give it to Kia because we've been talking a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. I um I really appreciate you guys um just kind of being transparent and just sort of sharing your take and your responses and your reflections as well. Um I think gosh, I also hope to God that we don't see the HBO BLM special story. That's really terrifying to think about. Um but it does really bring attention to how important it is that we're in charge of telling our own stories and controlling our own narratives and how used to we're used to uh white people trying to create narratives for black people right i think that's pretty much what we've seen with this whole trial at least that's how i've been kind of interpreting it um is just sort of uh police violence that's been we're so we're so used to seeing police just they have become so used to kind of creating their own narratives and telling their own truths that despite all this mountain of evidence right there's still this sliver of hope essentially that uh they can get away with it um i think that you you um paula were using the word accountability a little bit and in just terms of like how do we hold police officers accountable and what does this mean for justice that this man has been uh convicted or has been sent you know uh sentences guilty uh and i feel like i saw a tweet this morning and it was, uh, it said to the effect of one cannot hold murderous systems of oppression accountable. We can only abolish them. And I think there's a lot of truth there um, because this idea of accountability, accountability is all about restoration, right? Accountability is all about um, repairing balance. And that doesn't really exist if balance was never a part of that system, right? You cannot repair something that isn't technically broken if it's only operating as designed. Um, so when I think about accountability and I think about cops, I think about like cop watches and, uh, when communities come together and they kind of put together their own cop watch or their own watch system where their community becomes a space where calling the police is not an option, right? Uh, you can support each other. You can actually call your neighbor. Um, and people do that and it's effective and I've seen it in real time. People can put together mutual aid you know, damn near medical centers in their community if they want to. But uh, it's definitely frustrating um, to go online to see, I think, ravings and and speeches and people saying that, you know, justice has been served. Um, Nancy Pelosi saying exactly that uh, this man uh, sacrificed his life is disrespectful, is incredibly obtuse, is incredibly insensitive. Um, there was no sacrifices made, <laughs> right? This man was murdered. Um, his life was taken from him. So uh, it's really a wild concept to to hear. And it really is important that we call out um, narratives and language like that. So I'm glad that y'all are not, you know, letting her get away with, with saying stuff like that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh-uh. you know, it's it's true. I've been done yeah. with Nancy for a while personally. Um, Agreed. I think when they were doing that dashiki, uh, new <laughs> oh, please. Last year, man. I don't really know what that, that was. That was my favorite thing in the whole world because you know, like, as someone with like African ancestry, <laughs> my parents being from Cameroon. See, I just I feel like there should have been a black intern or something like that. They ran that by and been like, hey, so we were thinking, and they would have shut that down because that was ridiculous. Like, that was totally ridiculous. It's so funny because, like, sometimes you gotta laugh. In order not to get upset, otherwise you cry me because, or cry no, because reality. these are people who are writing the laws of these countries and are supposed to be quote unquote like protecting black people and protecting the black community. And you know, I said this. Um, I remember having a conversation with somebody. I said like, black people. Um, went out in the polls in droves. Like, I think that we had, like, the highest, like, voter turnout in a, in a very long time. And um, because, you know, Biden was making all of these promises to the black community and, you know, um, you had people like Stacey Abrams and all this, like, on-the-ground, grassroots, like, voter, you know, like, go out and vote, getting people registered and all that stuff. And... For them to turn around, and this is, I've always said personally that I've lost faith in the Democratic Party. Honestly, personally, I just think it's all all talk, to be quite honest with you. But I feel like they're going to lose the black community. if Because, like, 2016, like, I felt like they already did. But, like, now I feel like they're going to lose it, like, forever because they really do take us for granted. Because they really just saying stuff to just to talk and... It's just really annoying. I'm really ready for them to get out, honestly, so we can put better people in. Because I just don't think that they have our best interest at the end of the day. Like, I think it's really just all talk and they could really care less. And Nancy Pelosi is definitely an example of that. That's just my thoughts and opinion on it. I agree. Yeah, I think, uh, like, a lot of young people taking office is going to be, like, just exactly that is going to be essential to seeing some of that change coming to par. I'd love to see one of y'all in office, to be honest. Marley, you were talking about uh, we need uh, policing to be a little bit more preventative. I think that that makes all the logical sense in the world and how we approach policing a lot as something retroactive and we call the police after something bad has happened or we say that we're worried about people in this neighborhood and we solve the problem by sending more police to just post up in that neighborhood and we have these outcomes where we just get more violence, right? More targeted violence. Um, And a lot of that could be prevented if we address the reasons why we're sending cops to certain neighborhoods in the first place. Oh, there's a, a population of homelessness over here maybe we need a center oh maybe this group of people uh there's a lot of violence maybe there's something going on over here maybe there's kids who aren't safe or kids who don't have anywhere to go once they get out of school maybe we should build a youth center you know what i mean ways there's so many ways that you can address the problems that we fix with police um preventatively and non-violently um that you guys seem already woke to. So y'all need to be taking office. Yeah, we don't need to be listening to these people. <laughs> no, seriously. You know what's really funny is that like I've always wondered why the like the uh why police brutality is seen as a left 
thing. It's seen as a political thing because people like conservatives like Ben Shapiro, Tucker Carlson be like, well, the left, the left, the left when it comes to police brutality. And I'm like, this is a human's right issue, at least in my understanding of human's rights, because you have people who are unjustly dying um, at the hands of the police, at the hands of an unjust system. And this isn't just like some sort of political issues. This is a human rights issue. This isn't a black issue. This is everyone issue. You know what I mean? Like, because it's a human right issue. And I don't understand why people are painting it as as it is. I think that, you know, in today's society, we really lack empathy. Because the fact that you can see a man literally calling out for his mother, you know, saying that I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Seeing a police officer literally put his neck on a man whether he's black purple blue and you're telling me you're making all these excuses digging into his history saying that he was a terrible person saying that you know yeah i want to talk about I that just, i don't get it how mm-hmm. I, it, it seems like when there's like unjust killings at the hands of police officers people love to look at people's criminal like criminal history or like incriminate them as a person and somehow justifying justify that as why they were murdered or why they were killed and I just don't understand the logic in the comparison and how, like, we're making that plausible. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, like, no matter, let's say George Floyd was the biggest criminal on earth, that does, does that mean he needs to die? At the And first of all, the, a lot of that stuff is alleged. Like, it's not necessarily true. And I don't think that that warrants death. I feel like that's a big extreme Right, right, right. Because at the end of the day, whether he was a terrible person or not, at the end of the day, in that situation, he did not, you know, he did not deserve that. He did not deserve a police officer putting his knee on his neck. The thing is, we are, we're, we, we pride ourselves on a country that is, um, we, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty. You know, we, we fight for justice. This is the land of liberty, justice for all and all this stuff, right? But, you guys are the judge, the executioner, and the jury, and you didn't give George Floyd due process. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't give him his innocent until proven guilty. Like it was just he's guilty because of X, Y, and Z different things, and that's just not fair. And I just I don't understand this. Like again, the narrative on the right, how you again can look at this issue, this like issue. And then, you know, paint it as, well, the left is, you know, they're making it a race issue. First of all, to be quite honest with you, race is an issue that plagues us, whether I'm Democratic, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, it doesn't matter. Like, race is an issue in America, point blank, period. But what what irritates me is that the fact that people um, like to, you know, um, politicize this as if this is some sort of, like, beacon piece i just i really hate and you know and i i definitely see this in the future which again like just how i don't want um hbo uh blm the story um you know what i mean and white producers telling our stories it's the same way i don't want you know politicians years from now being like you know, with the George Floyd, because they do it with MLK all of the time. Like, MLK wouldn't want this, and MLK wouldn't want this, and MLK would have been a Democrat, and MLK would have been a Republican. And using, you know, MLK as this politicized token to, like, get vote votes and stuff. And, and I'm scared that George Floyd would become this martyr that people will use 
and politics because I think that we get so caught up in Democrat, Republican that we don't really understand that this is an issue that plagues all of us. And I feel like it removes, like, I don't understand, like, I feel like that's when the empathy comes into it. Because when I look at this George Floyd and the reason why I'm passionate about um, police brutality is because it affects my life and affects others' life. And I don't want people to die unjustly by an unjust system, point blank, period. And it's just so sad to see people make jokes about this. People not like wanting to, I don't, I, I don't get it. Personally, I just don't understand how you can look at this situation and not think it's a serious issue. Um, yeah. And I again, think you, if you, uh huh. No, sorry. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of hit it on the head um, when you said this is a human rights issue, you know? Um, I think that's exactly what we're seeing go on. This is a human rights crisis, right? We have a targeted population of people in this country who are attacked by police, um, and it's not treated like that, right? And I think any time, to both of your points of you, Marley, like, why do we hear these narratives of, well, who was he, right? What was he doing? Um, where, where, where did he work? What kind of person was he? And um, why do we hear so much of it being... Um, treated as a democratic or a left or a liberal issue. Um, I think anytime you hear, anytime you hear a narrative or a language uh, that is kind of blanketed or is sort of like uh, making general statements like that, I think that's always like a good red flag to call bullshit or to push yourself and ask, why is this person telling me this thing? Um, because I think there's almost always reasons. I think we hear narratives about, you know, trying to over exoticize or kind of make black men or brown men, um, or just people of color in general treated as more violent or more risky than anybody else. I think that those narratives kind of exist to perpetuate the prison industrial system, right? Because if we think that somebody's bad and that the solution is that we lock them up, then that keeps the reason for prisons to exist and go on. Um, And we see that that's not really the solution. And we recognize that exactly. I don't even call it the justice system anymore, right? I refer to it as the American legal system because I haven't seen any justice ever been executed. But in the court system, right, we know that that's just, it's just, a, it's just exactly that. It's a machine. It's perpetuated. So if we think that people can be bad and they're deserving of bad things and they deserve to be locked up, then we can justify almost anything. Exactly. Yeah, that is a very, 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 very good point. I think that, like Molly said, there needs to be more preventative measures. I definitely feel like I'm a big supporter of defund the police. I definitely feel like, you know, um, like I said, defund the police is not necessarily just to dismantle the entire police, but it's definitely to reallocate some funds to de-escalate some of these situations and not call police officers for everything. Um, I think that we need more community policing, like you said, Kia. I think that that was a really good point, but we need change and we need change now. And while this is great, this is like one rock in a mountain full of problems. And I just, I'm excited for the future, but I'm also scared. Um, I also want to say that, like, I just, with CNN, first of all, I hate pandering black people. I hate um, black people that feel the need to um, pallet themselves to white audiences. That I will never understand. And the reason why I bring this up is because I saw Vance Jones 
speaking on CNN and it's like, this is great. And I know white America's with us. There were like 22 white Americans. Oh, I'm Lord. sorry. But what do you mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, while this is, yes, everyone should be getting in. This is a human rights issue. This is a, uh, isn't a white or black issue. There's just something about that narrative that just was icky to me. Because I'm just like, not you trying to pander to white America. Not you trying to pander to white liberal tears. Like, I'm sorry. I just... It just didn't, that just did not sit right with me. Like, I was just like, and this is why I don't watch CNN. Because I'm tired of, like, seeing the the black people on CNN try to, you know, palette, you know, or be palatable to white audiences and white liberal people to, to get into that white savior complex as if, like, white people, because they were standing hand in hand with us, we were able to get this, like, this George Floyd was able to get justice, and if it wasn't for the white liberals that were next to us, he wouldn't have. Like you know what I think up. that is. Like, please get out. Yeah, I hate it. You know what I think that is, Paula. I think that's truly like racial trauma at its finest, right there. Like feeling the need to be palatable to white people to be able to get along or get be successful or or able to just like I don't know holding up a conversation as simple as that. I feel like that's so much like racial trauma that sits within that because you feel the need to be palatable as if you weren't palatable before. You know what I mean? I don't know if that made exact sense. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. I understand because like, honestly, I just, again, there's a lot of pandering to white liberals that I've seen like with this whole George Floyd situation, like them just being like, oh, think like, I don't know, like white liberals, not all, but tend to have like the savior complex type of thing. Like, I'm saving black people and black people should thank me. It's like, no, you're being a decent human being. You should not get a hand clap for it. But what ends up happening is that a lot of black people tend to like feed into that narrative and feed into that savior complex. I am not one of the Negroes who do that. So you will not be expecting that from me. But um, and then just to call out CNN just from the end of it. Um, you know, it's kind of funny seeing how BLM, BLM and Black Lives Matter and police brutality is a conversation that we're having in 2021, because if you look back in 2024, excuse me, 2014, excuse me, um, a lot of the people that are out here having all these things to say, Chris Como, Don Lemon, all these people, they were not singing the same tune. They were not, these lawmakers were not singing the same tune. So it just goes to show you how performative a lot of these people are and how they don't mean any of this stuff. These organizations, these, these companies, it's honestly just a cash check and political currency for these people. That's it. I think the best way to judge a politician is how they vote, not uh, off what they say. Agreed. Agreed. Literally. Because um, the House, I think the House of Representatives, if I'm not mistaken, put um, a bill in honor of George Floyd. See, they're going to make him a martyr. Mark my words. Um, George Floyd build and like a lot of these politicians who are out here saying, oh my God, it's so wrong with what happened to George Floyd. Guess what? They voted against it. So that's why like, I'm just like, all of this stuff is performative and these people actually don't really care. And um, we're going to see... In a couple of like months, how people are really going to think that because they said the same thing with Biden, like, 
oh my God, Biden, Biden 2020, racism is over. We're out of the dark ages. Donald Trump is gone. Like the same people who are saying that is the same people who are going to have the same reactions to George Floyd. Um, and really quickly before we end the, po- uh, the podcast, I thought it was really interesting that George Floyd's girlfriend said the exact same thing, exact same tone, undertones that Nancy Pelosi had. That to me was very like, uh, like, that wasn't great. I was just like, that's problematic. That's not, that's not the greatest. So, yeah. I also hated how, like, they recorded uh, George Floyd's family reaction as if it was, like, this NBA, um, like, draft pick out. I was just like, this is so weird. Um, but I just think the media handling of it, everyone's reaction to it was performative and fake how it also was. And I was just kind of over it, honestly. So that's just kind of my opinion. So, um, any last opinions before we end the podcast? Um, I don't know. To the readers, check out chicagovotes.com. <laughs> Follow us on Insta. Check out, they have some cool policies and cool things that they're doing down there that I think is really cool. And I wish we had in DC. Hopefully, we can start something like that. Um, Marley, you know, me majoring in political science. So that's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, so that's all the time that we have today. Thank you so much, um, Kia and Marley for joining me today in this podcast. The politics podcast is produced by Jan, edited by Mark, and the music is provided by Winter Gantang. And I can never say that name right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that is it for the politics group and I will see you next week. Bye.